Abner Maris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is today. They chat about topics like Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champ, as well as sports, music culture, and family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Maris wherever you get your podcasts, with episodes in English out on Tuesday and episodes in Spanish released every Wednesday. Hello, and welcome to Here's Where It Went Wrong, the podcast where every episode we sit down with a comedian, ask them to pick a topic they absolutely love, and then trace its history to find the moment where it all went off the rails. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Wen Powers. Wen, how you doing? Man, I'm doing good. I've had some microphone troubles. Like, if you heard our last episode, it sounded like I recorded the entire thing in, like, my bathroom, uh, which I did. Uh, right. But, like, it's not supposed to sound that way, so... Uh, hopefully this episode, we are all good to go. Yeah, audience, by the way, we actually do shoot these in front of our open closets for the sound uh, to be muffled by our clothes behind us, which is why you don't have video yet, <laughs> because I'm not cleaning my closet for you guys to, to see us. It's not that important. Oh, yeah. It's so everyone can see how poorly I dress and also all my backup <laughs> outfits are also very bad. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, if they were good, they wouldn't be the backup outfits. Uh, but you guys may have noticed that we actually have the new opening for today because Wen and I have been talking and we basically said, you know what we like is doing the history of everything every single time. Uh, <laughs> it turned out you guys like that, too. We've, we've asked uh, what you wanted. And we heard more history. So we thought, well, we, we don't want to limit it to just history. Uh, what if we just give the history of whatever we do? And that turned out to be a lot of fun. So there we go. We've got a new intro, a, a slightly new direction. Wen, how are you feeling about that? Uh, man, I'm I'm feeling good about it. It's good to know that uh, so many nerds are enjoying this podcast. Yeah. Uh, people, uh, those are our I, people. Uh, yeah, our I don't know about you. I was a bully personally <laughs> because you know I'm big and strong. If anyone uh, does not know what I look like, I am very uh, I'm very strong and I'm very intimidating. This was super convincing. Yeah, that's okay. Well, so we've, we've got it. Uh, this is good. When is something is branch out to the bully audience too. We're, we're glad to have you here. They're very large on the internet. There's so many bullies out there. Honestly, that's a good point. It's an untapped market. (laughs) (laughs) We are also joined by our wonderful guest. Uh, she is co-host of the podcast being earnest. You can follow her, uh, Instagram account where she rates lean cuisines at Paula eats lean cuisines and on her website, Paula, uh, Paula eats.com. Paula Skaggs. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It is absolutely our pleasure. I love having Paula on. Paula's one of those people that like whenever I have a joke, I have to run it by Paula to make sure it's actually funny. So it's I'm honored. It's so good that she's just going to give me like nod yes and nod no throughout this entire podcast. <laughs> it it was a uh, <laughs> I got this packet for when that was really solid and I, I was supposed to, you know, look through it and see if I had any notes. And I thought, oh, I, I don't I don't see anything here. And I looked on the sidebar and there were all these great notes from Paula. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should agree with that. That's that's actually a really good point. <laughs> I'm actually doing way to disservice by, by covering up any of Paula's notes. <laughs> that's very nice. Thank you. So, uh, Paula, thank you so much for, for being here. Um, we asked you to pick a topic for today and uh, we found some very interesting history in honor of Halloween. Uh, we thought we would trace the history of witchcraft and magic, which it turned out was absolutely massive. Turns out that's a big topic. It is. Tons of magic stuff throughout history. Wow. Turns out, <laughs> turns out that's everything. Also, like the hardest part of researching this was I kept looking it up and I kept being, getting results of like, did you mean Harry Potter? <laughs> and it was like, no, I, I would like actual things that happened in history. There was a lot uh, to do with witches. Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. In case you didn't know, Andrew, Harry Potter took place in the 90s. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Those books actually chronologically are 1991 through 1998. Uh, bullshit, because they don't talk about the Chicago Bulls once. Uh, but I digress. <laughs> Well, so we actually did dig, uh, dig a bit deeper than 1990, surprisingly. Um, what do you guys think? Where, where do you want to start with the history of magic? Oh, I mean, so many good magic things to talk about. Uh, but let's just kind of like dig in. So like Mesopotamia. The first appearance of magic in written history. Let's start at the very <laughs> beginning. <laughs> BCE, before the common 
era, fourth, <laughs> fifth and fourth century, we find some incantations. And first, let's be honest, all like all of like what we're just like, oh, that's magic. Like to them, they're like, this is science. It is. There was it was zero distinction here. This was the doctors would prescribe medical inc- uh, incantations along with medical treatments. This is, by the way, Mesopotamia is the history of the written word. It comes from Mesopotamia when that appeared. Magic spells came along came along with it, and at this point, magic is not separated into good and evil. Uh, it's just magic. It's just used the same way you use science. Who uses it and how is the issue. <laughs> that was very poetic. They have the same level of understanding of science as I do, where they're like, <laughs> also, perhaps these herbs and magic words, and that's also how my brain operates. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. When, when I go to the doctor, they're just like, here is this elixir. Uh, drink it i'm just like what is what is this robot robotessin that's i mean for all i know it's magic they could they could literally just be handing me like herbs and water and like just like if they actually were just like by the way you have to speak latin while you take it i i believe it (laughs) i'd be like well they did go to medical school yeah i'd be like you know what there is a lot of latin in medicine This adds up. But what was interesting about this, and going back to the Mesopotamians and the ancient Egyptians too, was that, uh, and this is something anthropologists now agree on, was that there is there was basically no distinction between religion and magic. The Sumerians had the god Enki, who was uh, closely associated with magic. For the ancient Egyptians, it was Heka. And this was the deification of magic and medicine. Again, there was, there was just no distinction between the two. And Heka was, again, morally neutral. Magic wasn't evil. It was just how it was used. And this was where magic started and, and tied into religion and society and medicine. It was just a thing that existed along with everything else in the universe. Yeah, there, there's like the, the sun rises, you got your crops, and you got your, your magic. It, it makes it makes it sense. Does. <laughs> I, I'm following right now. So I... It is weird that it's like separated now that it's like, oh, well, religion's different, but it's like pretty magical. It's the same thing. Right? Yeah. And, and there is that anthropological uh, association and, and classification where it's like, no, this is the same thing. The only part that's different is that you're not familiar with this one. This is no different than having to be on your knees to pray. This is, is just what theirs does. Uh, but where we start to see a, a slight separation, at least in the mindset, was uh, with the monotheistic society. Jewish religious law starts to forbid soothsaying and divination, but they're Jews. They're mostly chill about it. It's like, guys, maybe <laughs> maybe don't, you know, summon anything. Because they've still got uh, Kabbalah, which is the mystical branch. Most of you probably know that from Madonna, who... Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> red I, I hold up my arm full of the red. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I like how you had so much to stay in your voice, Andrew, as a Jewish man, where he was like, I know you two probably know <laughs> that, that That was really good to the audience. But yes, I'm glad you both were right there with like, yeah, Madonna and the bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so, Man, that had a wild ride. <laughs> so the, the Jews figured like, okay, if you're serious about Kabbalah, some of you can practice this because they've now started saying the power comes from evil, but serious Kabbalah elites can separate it. But they're still ultimately just like, maybe, may, maybe don't, but come on, we got a lot going on. We're Jews. We're Jews in the ancient world. We're not doing great. We got other stuff to worry <laughs> about here. <laughs> Look, look, if, if magic is a leg up, let's do it. I also like how there's Kabbalah elites. Like, <laughs> what, you think you're better than me? You think you're better than me with your Kabbalah? And well, this was an interesting one that came back later, too, because uh, King Solomon was, of course, huge in Jewish history uh, at around 970 BCE. And then in the Middle Ages, which we'll get to later, they start uh, prescribing a lot of magic to him. And suddenly his temple, instead of being built by man, was built by demons that he enslaved with his ring. And Jews at this point were still pretty cool with it. It was like, oh, cool. We had this guy going for us. He could command demons. They're saying, they're looking back on the books, right? He didn't actually. Right. No, because suddenly start because using magic demons? is not real. Cool. That was probably not something that was got done. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> but. Sorry, I'm getting all mixed up. <laughs> Like I'm gonna be honest, how did how did the Jewish people have such a bad go of it when they have the demon king <laughs> on their side? Oh, that's a new improv team the name. Demon- <laughs> <laughs> but okay, that that's enough. we've got enough about Judaism because that I took us all the way to the Middle Ages. We still got more to do. When? How about you tell us a bit about what happened in ancient Greece? Ancient Greece, yes, that is my <laughs> terrain. Uh, so. Uh, so ancient Greece comes around. Uh, so it's now becoming more uh, magic has more negative yeah. connotations. Like, and now it's becoming more like 
oh, that tribe over there is practicing evil magic. Uh, so for the ancient Greeks and the Romans, it was said that uh, magic was not distinct from religion, but rather an unwelcome, improper expression of it. So like they're like, look, this is a religion, but it's a <laughs> bad one, and we don't and this was a huge thing. This is where the term magic came from, as, as uh, Wen said, that the tribe was the Magos tribe, and, and they were thought, these were the charlatans. They're practicing, but it's not real. What's been interesting when we started researching this was how much of this was not like, oh, the Greeks didn't do magic, but the first thing that was found about the Greeks was that they were the birthplace of civilization, and we can't have the birthplace of civilization believing in magic. So everything that the Greeks did that might have been magical was kind of brushed aside. There were definitely a lot of people that did not... I mean, this was, as, as Wen said, the uh, the start of this negative connotation, but also they probably practiced. They, they found tablets with incantations. They found buried relics. They found talismans uh, that, that were used. This was probably something that was used, but then we got to it and it was like, well, no, we were talking about how cool these guys were. They, they can't use magic. They were just the science people now. I mean, of course they were using magic. They're all wearing togas. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're telling me someone who wears a toga's not not like above casting a spell? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're into science, you're wearing some pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, we live by one rule in this house. <laughs> I mean, I went to toga parties in college and like I also had a bowl of Christmas. <laughs> You know, like, they go together. This, I would love to start rewriting all of these history books with Paula. Like, no, come on. Look at what they were wearing. They were definitely <laughs> doing some messed up stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Can't trust them. <laughs> so ancient Rome, we also see uh, the, this, the, the first death by accusation of magic is a hard one to pinpoint um, because pretty much everyone claims this. And that the hard the reason this was hard to pin down was because, again, what's magic and what's religion? And also, is this because they practice magic or because they practice a religion that had magic, which makes it just heresy? But Hypatia of Alexandria was potentially the first victim here. And that was just because she was so fucking smart. <laughs> she was amazing. She was figuring out math that nobody had done before. And she was so smart that in this male-dominated society, no one could touch her. And it pissed off the Catholic Church. And there was this one guy who had this intense following uh, to the point that the more he spoke out against Hypatia, eventually pull her off a chariot and murder her. And this is potentially the first witch death. Again, she didn't claim witch, but he claimed she, she's too smart. She's a witch. This is where we start to see this beginning of where it went wrong. This is this is the beginning of just like this whole, you think you're better than me? <laughs> And I do this with the Boston accent <laughs> for reasons we will get Absolutely. to. Absolutely. But, but I definitely think of this as a big, you think you're better than me? You think it's a math? <laughs> I love how math was her special skill. Like she was like, they weren't just like, oh, she's like talking with the devil. And they, it wasn't just like, oh, she's rising people from the dead. She has a demon army. It's just like, look, she's figured out this like triangle thing that's been bugging me for weeks. <laughs> Witch. That, witch, witch. <laughs> that was exactly it, though. This was the rise. The rise of the monotheistic society was the fall of any potentially magic based faith or basically anything that was a threat to the monotheistic society. So with Hypatia, we also have the rise of Christianity and anything that threatened them. And at first, they're super intense about this. There is like, no, anything that is not us is magic and evil. And then that doesn't sound like the Christianity. <laughs> well, thank, thank God things have changed. <laughs> it, Phew. it briefly did, though, in 785 CE, they say uh, you can't be evil for uh, for magical acts because magic isn't real. Basically, if you're committing magic acts, you think you're committing magic acts. The devil's probably doing that to you, but it's not evil. You're you're a victim, basically. So they're a lot more chill about it. They're like, oh, we should, this is like maybe like a, a two month period. I mean, it goes on for a while, but it's like a two month period where it's like, let's be nice to people <laughs> for a brief time. <laughs> they're just luring them into a false sense of security. Right. <laughs> there was a brief moment there where they were just like, oh, hey, someone over there is doing spells. And like, right. <laughs> do it. I don't, I don't care. Like what a chill, what like Christianity was chill exactly two months like you said well, and, and that was it and then they said you know what probably the devil is doing this to him and then they think well even if the devil is doing it to him even if the magic isn't real it's still heresy and 
the Christians went nuts for heresy. They just loved murdering people for heresy. That was their thing. We all have to have hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> but in fact, the Inquisition, the, the witch murders during the Inquisition were not because they were witches and evil. It was because believing in witchcraft was heresy. This, this, that was why they got everybody. That's why the Jews were taken out. Because if it wasn't about Christianity, it was wrong. Yeah, yeah, they were just like Muslims, Jews. That those are that's not what I believe, and therefore it is magic. And you are going. Well, get and here's the thing: the in fact, because the word magic was the closest thing they had to a magic word, because it wasn't like if someone was murdered, it was like, oh, maybe they were extenuating circumstances. But magic was like, I mean, if you said, hey, that guy eats babies, nobody's going to be like, but evil babies. It was like, no, he's he's in the wrong. And that was it when you accuse someone of magic. They were just instantly the bad guy. And the power this allowed them to wield meant that they started using it against other Christian sects, against any other group that was not of their belief, was suddenly magic and evil. No, I, hey, I'm, I'm, enjoying, I'm enjoying this lesson. I've done, I, see, here's the thing, Andrew. I also do research for this, but you go so <laughs> deep into research that it makes me feel dumb. And once again, I think <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be stoned. Andrew, if, if we were in school, I would love to copy off your paper. That- <laughs> yeah. I would cheat off of Andrew. So I guess this podcast is based on <laughs> cheating off of Andrew. I would absolutely <laughs> be positioning my desk right behind. All right. Well, I know you guys have some notes on this too. So how about we get to the late middle ages? Now, a maleficium is applied to forms of magic. Suddenly magic is not just a practice, but magic itself can be evil. And along that, with that, we have the rise of witchcraft. In fact, every nation basically comes up with their own word for it. You guys want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, sure. I mean, let, like, let's go down the list here. You got French, where they just pretty much are just like sorcerer. Uh, oh, yeah. I would love to be named that. Yeah, that's going to be the new hot baby name of 2021. Oh, Emma. <laughs> in German, you got Hexa. Uh, in Italian, you got the Strega, which is uh, a monster also featured in yep. The Witcher, which I guess now <laughs> makes total sense to me. Uh, the Bruja in Spanish. And then in English, yeah. which <laughs> they came up with cool words in every other society. We're just like, which? we we really fell short with that it's one. Honestly, it, it is by far the worst one. And you start to get this contradiction in society because there was belief among the population that science is developing here, but it's new. You know, there's a lot that science can't explain, and there's stuff that maybe magic could. Um, so this is still a large component and people aren't quite sure what to do with it, where to find the balance, especially because they uh, have started finding Renaissance humanism. They're finding relics from these past generations and are like, oh, but these talismans are so pretty. Maybe we should bring this shit back. That was essentially it. <laughs> no, they were like putting them in artwork right. and everything and like just like they became obsessed with it again. And they're like, I'm going to use these talismans to talk to angels. And it's like, you're doing witchcraft again, man. We just, <laughs> we just, we killed all of the witches just for this. Stop. Doing that was witchcraft. a huge one. Please. I mean, they didn't know, they didn't know science in the Middle Ages, right? Like people didn't know that germs were a thing right. until like a hundred years ago. So I don't know why they're so confident that, like, they don't know jack shit about anything, but magic is not <laughs> real. Like they, 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 they put leeches on you. And, but this was it because, uh, basically what happened here was this is why it rose with the monotheistic society. Because before that you could say, I don't know why this is happening. This God did it, but now they've got one God and one God doesn't do this, which means it must be coming from the devil. <laughs> God's too busy. It must be. The oh, devil. That's it. It was like, no, we've got, we've created this. In fact, this was one of the things why they, since when mentioned angels, there's some speculation as to why angels are featured the way they are in the Bible. We talk about how massively important they are, but then you've only got three names. And that was because the idea that God needed help was a concern. They didn't want to paint a picture here that maybe he couldn't do all of this on his own. Yeah, like, like look, think of it like this. So God is like, <laughs> right? And then you got your angels. That's Turtle. That's Johnny Drama. That's E, okay? <laughs> It's the whole crew. It's the whole entourage crew that God's trying to do. So I got—I love Wen's breakdown. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, look, I'm talking to the stupidest people. <laughs> to 
God works hard, but Jeremy Piven works harder. <laughs> this does bring us to the actual moment where it went wrong. When? Where did it go wrong? It went wrong with the witch purges. And this was Paula's topic. Thank you very much for picking this. I was, I was so excited about this. Can you tell us a bit about how these witch purges started? So, basically, uh, you, got, you got Gregory the Ninth, all right? And we're, we're talking Pope's yeah. now. We're getting into Pope stuff. Uh, and basically, he uh, was just saying uh, to prosecute Christian groups is heresy. If you, if you prosecute Christians, it is heresy. So what it then becomes is if you're not Christian or if you're doing things that are outside of Christianity, well, now you're so, There's <laughs> a, a, a slight variation on this. Uh, Gregory the Ninth established the, um, the Papal Bull of 1233. This is to be led by the Dominicans, uh, like Thomas Aquinas, who are the most intense. And he basically forms them to prosecute Christian groups that are not of his Christian beliefs. So this is originally focused, in fact, to take out the other Christian groups. Classic. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, soon, in 300 years, Protestants. But for now, anybody who's potentially a a threat to Catholicism, which is Christian groups and everybody else, and Dominicans take it way too far. They are nuts. for. They just love killing witches. Don't we all? (laughs) Anybody that's not Dominican. (laughs) Which brings us to the earliest recorded witch trial. Uh, and again, there, uh, there are stories like, hey, this might have happened before this. But the first one where it's really written down and recorded is 1324. Uh, and this is really what we start to see that, that becomes consistent with everything we know about the witch trials later on. Uh, so who, who was the first witch trial for? Why are you my teacher? Why are you <laughs> dunk on me? I'm like, I'm like looking at my notes of... being like, no, I know, I know it. I feel bad for talking <laughs> the entire time. Let's say it at the same time. time. No, no, Andrew, please. Talk, we will talk on you as we go. Alice de Keitler, born 1280 in Kilkenny. She was widowed four times, okay? Oh, God. Okay, I'll be honest. I can see why they were... (laughs) You know, she sounds like a witch to me. Yeah, I mean, that was was the consensus. Because her her last husband, John Lepore, he became sick. He realizes he's dying. He changes his will to leave everything to his wife. And his kids from a previous marriage, who now have lost their inheritance, join up with kids from her other husbands and accuse her of poisoning all of their fathers. I mean, it probably happened, right? (laughs) (laughs) If I were one of those kids, I'd be like, yeah, of course. And then everyone's like, so you're saying she's a witch? I'm, no, she's poisoned. (laughs) But look, this this is 1324. Everyone is dying all the time. If you're not dying, you're lucky. I, well, here's the thing, though. His will had, like, just I'm changed. I'm open to the possibility she killed him, yes. <laughs> yeah, I watch a lot of Lifetime movies. <laughs> I kind of know how this goes. <laughs> Look, you could be killed for the wrong reasons and still be killed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's walk away with one lesson from the witch purge. <laughs> well, so here, they, the kids take this as the Bishop of Kilkenny, and this is, again, uh, just basically what happens... In some form, every time, Kilkenny is a wealthy city and it's becoming secularist and independent. And the bishop realized is if he makes this a big thing, he can regain power. So he says it's not just her. There is a whole coven there. <laughs> I forgot to tell you there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, not only is she a witch. We didn't say she was a witch. She just poisoned her dad. So she's a witch. <laughs> Through her witch power. <laughs> And she has a bunch of friends, guys, and you better look at You know, they, they told me about it, and I forgot to say something earlier. <laughs> well, yes, this is, this is it. This is what happens. And, and the bishop goes after her, but uh, DeKeitler, her first husband's brother, uh, was actually the lord, uh, no, DeKeitler's brother-in-law was the chancellor of Ireland. So he has the bishop arrested instead. And then the Lord Chancellor, or the Lord Chief Justice of Ireland, has him released after 17 days, and he is pissed. So he goes after all of Kilkenny. DeKeitler escapes. Uh, her servant, Petronella, takes the heat, along with potentially a lot of the other servants. But this is the first example that we really see of the modern witch trial. And it basically slows down until 1428 in the Valet witch trials. I, I don't want to say I'm on the bishop's side on this. <laughs> but learning more... Look, the bishop, bad dude. <laughs> but I will say, it is interesting. Like, he served 
17 days in jail, uh, you know, there's some fairness <laughs> in that. I don't, I don't like the killing of the servants, though, if I'm being honest. If I'm being honest. Say, yeah. Bold stance. Burning them at the stake. They're burning them at the stake for doing nothing wrong, because once again, they probably weren't the ones poisoning people. <laughs> this is like a reoccurring thing in history, though. I honestly did not prepare for the Keitler was in the wrong on this. I was really expecting like, oh, my God, I can't believe he was the first one killed. And we took it a firm, no, she probably had it come in stance. <laughs> <laughs> Look, once again, you cannot be a witch and still deserve <laughs> to be punished for crimes. Yeah. <laughs> Like, there are people that poison their husbands and have them rewrite their wills, like, to this day. That's a that's a crime that happens, like, <laughs> recently. Oh, yeah. There are, like, a lot, like, the, the term Black Widow is a woman who marries somebody, kills them, and takes their inheritance. <laughs> so, it sounds like we were dealing with one of those, and instead of actually, like, looking at the clues and being like, this is what happened, they were just like, oh, I- <laughs> It was more just like a bad detective. (laughs) (laughs) This was the original Pink Panther was what happened here. (laughs) All right. So we're in the the 15th century now. The Valet Witch Trials. This is the start of the 300-year witch purge. And it started in the French-speaking Lower Valet, which is now in Switzerland. And it spreads all the way up to the German-speaking Northern Valet, basically throughout the the Western Alps until all of Valet is embroiled. And uh, there had been occasional... When you've got something I can tell. What have you got? <laughs> oh, no, I'm just saying, like, it's like the Beatles, you know? It just, like, it just completely swept the nation. <laughs> and people were getting scared, and, like, they were like, these women be acting crazy, and, like, <laughs> doing what they could. It was, it was the past version of TikTok. It was... <laughs> the, 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 say, the Do, Doja Cat say-so joke. <laughs> burning rich people's servants alive. And, like, the way they went about it, because they were just like, look, if three or four people uh, are say- are saying you're a witch, you go to jail. If five or more <laughs> people say that you're a witch, well, then you're in huge trouble. But if there's, like, it's like it was such, like, a weird number, like, where they're like, we're going to throw darts. If you hit that number of accusers, a different punishment. We don't know what to tell you, but you're definitely a witch. <laughs> at, at five accusers, you became open to be tortured to be confessed that you were, in fact, a witch. And this applied even to members of nobility. This was why this was so groundbreaking, was that suddenly no one was safe. Also, if three people had... Equality. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're about to skip over my favorite, which is like, if three people that we've already killed said you're a witch, well, then you skip to the five people number. And we start torturing you. And then you have to name somebody. It felt like when a kid was losing a game and make their own rules all of a sudden, it was like... (laughs) It's all Calvin. This is all just pure Calvin. Year's finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, they're shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. It felt like when a kid was losing a game and make their own rules, all of a sudden it was like. Yes. <laughs> it's all Calvin. 
Calvin. <laughs> this is all just pure Calvin. <laughs> well, all of this is recorded by Johann Freund. The number of victims is still unknown. Freund estimates around 700. People are being accused of being werewolves, ruining crops, uh, causing livestock <laughs> to give no milk. It's so specific. It was like, my cow isn't working anymore. You're a witch. This was a thing. <laughs> so convenient, though. Like, how nice to just, if anything in your life didn't go the way you wanted, you can be like, well, I don't like that lady down the street. Yeah. And, and if you get two of your friends to agree... <laughs> They can be a prison, and if you get four of your friends <laughs> to agree, they can be tortured. There you that. go. <laughs> so it really just depends on how much you hate the girl down the street. <laughs> My neighbors would be a lot nicer to me, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, this also coincides with the Council of Basil, and some scholars have suggested that a witchphobic doctrinal view uh, may have spread among theologians here. Basically, they're meeting here. This huge witch thing is going on, and they're like, hey, maybe this is everything we should be focused on. So they start questioning the canon Episcopi, the 10th century doctrine uh, that, that originally said, you know, witches aren't re real, don't worry about it. So this starts being questioned. Uh, Mid-1400s, witch hysteria starts to take hold. And 1486, Heinrich Kramer comes out with the Malleus Maleficarum. This is the QAnon of the 1400s. It is absolutely nuts. Uh, and Kramer's the first one, instead of writing an argument, who was like, hey, maybe we should be watching for witches. Maybe this is a thing that's an issue. It's just pure propaganda. And he starts telling you how to hunt them, what to do when you find them. And witch hunter. That's it. This is the birth of witch hunters. And this came about because uh, Kramer oversaw a trial where the woman won and was found innocent. And he became obsessed. <laughs> One person won one of those trials, and he just like sat there so fucking. He was. Mad. This is gamer game. <laughs> that that was exactly it. Oh, this is all QAnon. Like he's just going around and like just like telling people at church, which was the Facebooks. Yeah. Of the day they're like that woman seems like she has too much independence. That woman had her blood. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, this is so he. This was happens in Innsbruck, and he's expelled from Innsbruck. They, they say you're insane get out by the bishop of innsbruck <laughs> you're too crazy for the 1500s like something is wrong yeah if you're making the catholic church just go like hey <laughs> slow it down <laughs> here, it was in fact the, the catholic church continued to reject the malefis uh, maleficarum they were one of the the few that were like guys this is too much we have the inquisition currently going on and this book is too much for us <laughs> Like, to have the Catholic Church just be like, hey, be nicer to those ladies is insane. <laughs> Never happened again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, quick thing, because, Andrew, you didn't note this in your notes, and I yes. knew this, so I'm going Please. to flex my muscles, because once again, holy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why are you kicking sand in his face while you're doing it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to kick your sandcastle, which is all of your well-placed research, <laughs> and, and just mention... The reason they were like, oh, there are werewolves and all of our crops are dying was because a fungus kind of swept through the area. It ruined the crops and like the wheat and the bread that they made out of that wheat caused a lot of people to hallucinate. So the reason that some people were like, they're werewolves is because they were tripping the fuck out <laughs> and like losing their minds. And like all the crops are dead around the time these people are going insane. And we fed them bad bread, but let's like skip. And like, they were also feeding the animals. So the animals stopped giving as much milk oh. because everyone was eating, eating tainted crops that was making them go insane. It's killing the crops and it was fucking up the milk. And like, because of all of this, they're like, <laughs> there's only one explanation. <laughs> A man that turns into a wolf in a full moon. And like werewolves don't even have anything to do with crops <laughs> or milk. They don't even know they're werewolves. No, you're right. That that is it was it was a huge thing, and it kept. And it's not like this thing just happened once either. This kept going on. In fact, the, the tie-in to witches using broomsticks. This I honestly think was, was speculation. We just kind of tried to rewrite it. But a lot of drugs are best absorbed through the mucous membrane, which is also vaginal. And the expectation here was that they used brooms to insert this fungus to get high, which is one of the potential origins of the witch broomstick story. 
These ladies are cool as hell. <laughs> this is fucking metal as fuck. Oh. I love this. These these women are just slathering broomsticks with LSD <laughs> in their life. This is the vodka soaked <laughs> of the day. These women could party. They absolutely could. And honestly, when we said this, I thought, well, what's going to be the positive that starts this episode? Well, it's got to be witches because look at this. This is so fucking badass. They, witches were, in fact, awesome. That's so fucking metal. I love who's it. The little, uh, who's the guy from the Rolling Stones that did all the drugs? Keith Richards. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like even Keith Richards is like, whoa, they did what? You're slathering drugs on broomsticks and shoving them all fuck, <laughs> okay? We're, this is a party. Like, that is... That is a party yeah. right there, and God bless. So, them. also, that means some people knew that about these hallucinations. It's yeah, I mean, drugs were still a thing even then. Maybe they didn't have as much understanding of why it was happening, but you, you right. still did. If you found drugs to hallucinate, you did drugs to hallucinate. It's the 1500s. You don't have a whole <laughs> lot going on. You do drugs, you find. <laughs> and they're like, "What's the best way to do? Hand me the broom. Hand me the broom. I want to try something." <laughs> They say magic. I say cool ass science. (laughs) (laughs) That's an experiment. They're scientists. So there is question about how much of this is revisionist history, but at the least there is strong expectation that the broom is phallic, that drugs were involved, that the mucus member. This this feels like a logical leap once you put it all together. How is this not the whole episode, (laughs) Andrew? I have so much. I think I actually left. Did I not even put this in the notes? I'm sorry, guys. I should have been the main thing. <laughs> You're telling me that people were masturbating with drugs and it led to a hundred it did. deaths. It, I mean, yeah, th- this was, it was insane. And the, the deaths keep going. We've got. Um, no, no, Paula, 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 Paula please. I have something in the chamber and I want to hear it. I don't know if I did. <laughs> I think my jaw is just dropped because I'm, they're just so cool. <laughs> I, I am laughing though at like, um now it's like so family friendly, like all those decorations, like of witches holding a broom for sale at Target. <laughs> and now we all know the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get really into the weeds with it, it's, it reminds me of when they uh, had to recall the vibrating broom. Like Harry <laughs> oh, <God>. broom. <laughs> Nobody figured so this one out. Just like, we got it. <laughs> Yeah, they, they were just like, oh, no, we, we released a, a children's vibrator. We need to get that back. It was just like, no, they were just like going back to the roots. This is real witch That's guys. accurate, actually. Like, can you just imagine? Like, here's how much better women are than men. I can't imagine a way that I could jerk off that people would be like, he's a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, we got to figure that one out now. <laughs> is it the grip? Is it the, do you have to be floating? Is that right, like like I couldn't do that? And like, look, when I do it, it, it would just it would lead to hundreds of deaths. <laughs> That's how much cooler women are. God, so this is all breaking huge in the 16th century here. And I'm gonna skip ahead a bit because honestly, we've got so much on the Salem witch trial, and I want to hit that because I know that's one that you guys know. But 16th century, we start to get the witchcraft acts. Uh, Henry the the Eighth is the first one where he, witchcraft is suddenly a felony now. And yeah, the Queen Elizabeth the first changes it to it's like no, it's only a problem when it causes harm. This is in 1563, but it doesn't matter because 1566, Agnes Waterhouse is the first woman executed for witchcraft as opposed to heresy in England. And what was nuts about this is like she's accused of some stuff, and she just starts confessing to everything like like they said hey you're a witch and she's like yeah that's cool it's because my cat told me to kill a pig (laughs) (laughs) it's like when you get called to the principal's office in elementary school and you're like if maybe if you tell them too much information (laughs) like you don't know what you're in trouble for so you're just gonna tell them everything yeah it's absolutely uh, not she says the cat has instructed her that also if she could if she gave the cat blood it would do things for her she sentenced to death yeah it then, yeah, standard cat cats, relationship. Yeah. This is what you do. <laughs> I think that's why everyone went on board. It was like, yeah. This is like a Son of Sam yes. thing happening. Like, like schizophrenia still exists. <laughs> right. like, she probably did believe that. Like, you know, she probably ate, ate some, like, bad grain like everyone else. And it was just like, the cat said some really hard things <laughs> to me. <laughs> I like, the cat tried to Audrey, too, from the show of like, feed me blood and I'll make good things happen. <laughs> I, I thought the exact same thing. It was like, no, Little Shop of Horrors. This is, this is the origin of Little Shop of Horrors, but a cat. I like how we mentioned Little Shop on this Every podcast. Episode. Like, I think, this is, our third, <laughs> I think our, this is our third time bringing up Little Shop of it's Horrors. It's related to everything, it is. you guys. <laughs> so 
this explodes. It's honestly bigger in, in Germany. You've got the Fulda, Wurzburg, and Barber trials, um, the uh, Trier trial. It's just going on. And they're killing everybody. Germany is killing everybody all the time because they think they're oh. witches. And <laughs> this is Germany sticks with this yeah. for a long time. Whoops. But what happens here, and this is where you start to see a slight difference, is that they keep doing it because they realize they can get rich from it. There is an eyewitness account where he said, the executioner rode a blooded horse like a noble of the court and went clad in gold and silver. German towns are wiping out their whole population because as they do this, uh, the children who are killed are forced to flee and uh, forfeit all of their possessions, which means that the state takes over here. This is witch trials in Germany are very much money-based and they find they can so easily fan the flames into hysteria and this keeps happening over and over again. And coincidentally, the trials stop as soon as the city runs out of money. As soon as they can't afford to hire inquisitors anymore, the Nobody's a witch anymore. What a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you keep, you should have more money. You keep stealing people's land and shit. What were they spending <laughs> it on? What kind of old blow were they yeah. doing <laughs> that they were able to go through an entire village's fortune? It's, I mean, it was it was incredible. And these, these trials could last for years. And they, they just kept going until eventually uh, it started to be an issue when the public, too, were on board. And it was like, hey, this is going to get to me eventually. We only have so many people left. In fact, there were multiple times <laughs> where there was only one woman left in the town by the time it was done. Yeah. <laughs> and she had her pick <laughs> She could just she could just pick a guy out. She could date anyone she wants. She's the only God, what town. a cool lady! So that that is Germany. Let's let's bring it back to England. Now we've got Matthew Hopkins. He's the self proclaimed witchfinder general. <laughs> Same. It's honestly <laughs> okay. Dips, dips it is on that. such a cool title. It's a shame he was so evil. The total deaths here, it is so hard to estimate this. Some say between forty thousand and one hundred thousand by the time these, these have all ended in England. Jesus in Christ. England, it's only 500. It's it's estimated to be about 500 people. Oh, and that's nothing. Matthew Hopkins is responsible for a one-fifth of these. He is going from town to town, declaring people witches, and he can rile people up and he get them killed. And yeah, the, the numbers are so hard to find because a lot of these records weren't kept. And also because this was all based on mass hysteria. How good are your records when everyone is insane and thinks everyone around them is pure evil? With that title and that like body count, I'm just picturing Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so that takes us to you guys want to skip ahead now. This is this is where it's it's finally starting to slow down in England and the rest of Europe. It's actually starts to pick up a little bit on the fringes in England and it reaches America. USA! <laughs> USA! USA! Alright, I'm losing my voice. How'd you guys tell us about the Salem witch trial? What happened here? Paula, you want to start yes, us off? So much happened. So basically, I mean, we're just talking about Salem here, right? Yes. Yes. Basically, three little kids (laughs) were playing a game and everyone's like, what are you doing? And they're like, witches. (laughs) And then 20 people were murdered. Yep. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Like doing this, there was, this was uh, Samuel Paris's niece and kid. So Abigail Williams and Betty, (laughs) their their buddy, Ann Putnam. Uh, Tituba, who was his, um, his slave, was from I did I did a ton of research on her because this poor lady was like from Venezuela. Then she was kidnapped by slave traders, brought to Barbados. Would tell these kids about voodoo and stuff, and these kids, like kids do, take it way too far. They get obsessed with fortune telling. They get obsessed with making like weird sounds and throwing shit on the ground. And then when people are like, "Oh, why are you doing this?" they say it's witches and it's Tituba, and then. Two other random ladies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're not going to believe this is just... <laughs> they're like, this is... let's throw a couple other under the bus. Well, c- congrats to them for being like, let's throw two white ladies <laughs> under the bus if we're going to do this. If we're going to go this far, let's also fuck up two white women. <laughs> it's <lives>. wild <laughs> that, like, no one ever believes women now or in the past or ever. But when you say that someone is a witch and that's why you're crawling around on the floor, they're like, yeah, that holds up. Makes sense yeah, to me. Yeah, for sure he's a witch. What was interesting, though, was the the, the accusations that stuck, like Tituba and, the, and these two other women, were because it, it was really about witchcraft. It was about someone that was outside of the norm. And, of course, these were Puritans, which they're painted in history books as they moved to America for religious freedom, but it was exactly the opposite. They moved to America because they couldn't stifle religion enough where they were. They wanted to have complete control. And anyone that was 
other was a threat. Titiba was obviously an enslaved person. This is why widows were, were often targeted because it's kind of the opposite of the way it was now. When men wanted sex, they were supposed to be better than sex. It, they wanted sex because a woman, a woman made them desire sex. Well, right. Look, the whole Puritan idea is just like, look, Eve right. ate an apple. And so therefore women are the most sinful and they just try to drag men into their yeah. bullshit <laughs> all the time. Like, and so, like, their whole thing is just like, yeah, of course, it's the women who are doing it. We don't want sex. It's those 40 <laughs> women with their with broomsticks. With their broomsticks <laughs> and their LSD. But <laughs> if, if it was a young woman, you had a chance of marrying her. If it was a widow, it was a woman who had sexual experience, sexual knowledge, and no outlet for it, which made men terrified. This was an instant threat, which is why so often it was these older women that were the ones that were, were accused and these, the other two women that Paula mentioned were also outsiders. They weren't respected among the church. Anyone who was a threat to this way of life that they see was potentially at risk. A widow would have not only just like sexual yeah. experience, <laughs> uh, they would also yeah. have like the things, they would have the things that their husband left to them. So they were like women with yeah. possessions. Who yeah. Also <laughs> with some semblance of power, right? Yeah. I mean, more than the average woman. Like, this was not a good time. I'm going to go on record right now. It was a bad time to be American <laughs> in America. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was, by the way, the, the men that were accused were often single men too. They were people that were new to town. It was anybody who was potentially a threat in any form were the ones that were accused. But Paula's got names for us. Paula's got names of the first women that were taken down by this. I'm naming names. <laughs> Wrote down just the last names. I'm assuming it's Sarah because everyone was named Sarah Sarah. back then. So Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne. What I love about this is they were like, we're innocent, but Tituba is the smartest of everyone involved here. Yeah. Because I didn't know this, like Puritans figured that if you confessed to something, then you were God's problem. So they didn't have to punish you. Right. But if you dared to say you were innocent, then you were a liar and they should kill you. (laughs) So, I mean- Tituba saw this for exactly what it was. She immediately is like, yup, I'm a, I'm a witch. Yup, these two helped me. Yup, there's a bunch of us in town. And she was released. I mean, she, she got, I don't know if she got um, freedom per se, but she was not held as a witch. She was, that was good enough for them. Right. Um, which is wild, but also just set off hysteria. <laughs> It did, because you're right, this was exactly the mindset where it was, if you confess, it's probably okay. And then suddenly it was like, well, but if we confess and, th- and we let them go, there are witches out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was only a good, it was only a good plot it was for that, like the, right. what, like the first, <laughs> the first person could get away with it. The first could be like, you guys caught me, super sorry about it, oh, won't happen again. It. I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to leave and think about what I've done. And then they are like, yeah, I guess you can go. And then they left and they're like, fuck, there's a witch out there. We can't be doing this. I, I really like when Tituba was like saying these stories. And, and th- th- this is like one theory is that she confessed to save herself. Other theories are like she may have been like coerced. There's no way of knowing. Uh, but I do love the story that she said where she was like, yeah, I know Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne were there and seven others, but I don't remember <laughs> who they were. I would like to think that this wasn't like something that she was like compelled to say. I really wanted it to just be like, who, who do I hate? Sarah Good, <laughs> Sarah Osborne. Yeah. And you know what? Let's just throw in seven <laughs> other white ladies were there. It's yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're in that position and you're an enslaved person, it was like, why not? Honestly, she was a better person. Than I would be take everyone down with you. I'd be like all, <laughs> all of them, them. pretty <laughs> much everyone. You know, this all entire them. town, they were all there. Just crawling with witches. <laughs> So this is uh, this is happening 1672, and it just ramps up between February 1690, or 1692, 1692 and May 1693. And a lot of this comes about because of the glorious revolution in England. This happens. There's a switch between Catholicism and Protestants. There's a shift in power. New people come in to, to take over the governorship roles in New England. And these are people that hate witches. And they've written- Hate them. They hate them. They've written books on this. And Salem is a shaky town. Neighbors are already fighting about everything. They've got a a new priest in there who's like, hey, maybe you should fight about more stuff. He starts punishing members that are in good standing. And it just spirals because now they're accusing people of witchcraft and they've got a a guy in charge who wants to take all of them down. So this ends up with more than 200 people being accused in a year and a half. I mean, here's the thing. 
with Salem, it's like a very, it's a pretty tight knit yeah. community. It is a very, like, it is a very, like, and everyone's in each other's business because it's olden times. What else are you going to do other than be right. gossiping? And like, it got to the point where like people had so hard opinions about other people's gossip at the time. There would be fist yeah. fights. Like, like they would like get into actual fights if you weren't on the same side as them in someone else's like rivalry, pretty much. Like this is like like me and the Kardashians. <laughs> exactly. We all know Paula's history with the Kardashians. You don't have to get into it deep because it's all, well, we all know. If you don't agree, (laughs) um, I have been to Salem. Really? To been to the town. But my my favorite thing is, it's like obviously all witches, right? Like I I went to the, the worst wax museum I've ever been to. It was incredible. I've been to too many. I've probably been to 15, 20. <laughs> this one was just, I mean, they were just melted and horrible. It's its everywhere. It's, it's a delightful town. But if you go to the, we went into the visitor center to be like, I want to see where they actually were hanged. And uh, the entire visitor center, the thing they talk about is that Salem is the maritime capital of Massachusetts. <laughs> and it's like, None of us are here for the maritime <laughs> history. <laughs> but I mean, they really push it. It just sounds like one person doesn't like the actual history of Salem. Yeah. And they're trying to rewrite it. So they've infiltrated the witch museum to be like, by the way, guys, <laughs> we are a port city. <laughs> literally, you go, literally you go and they're like, you know, we have a couple of boats on the harbor. <laughs> they're like, so tell us more about killing people with rocks. And they're like, well, you know what? Rocks make a good anchor for boats. <laughs> Wayne, can you tell us about the killing people with rocks? Because this is one of my favorite Salem stories. The killing. So 20 people are killed total, 19 executed. But one guy, Giles Corey, rocks did him in. <laughs> so pretty much Giles Corey, uh, he gets wrapped up in, every, he's like everyone else in the town. He gets wrapped up into the paranoia and everything of the day, him and his wife, they, they're waiting on bated breath, just being like, who's a witch today? Let's do what's <laughs> going on. Who's fucked up? We can't wait. And then finally, as it always does when you do <laughs> shit like this, eventually someone's like, Giles' wife yep. is a witch. Yeah, and, of course it's going to come back he, to bite you. And he at first does not stand up right. for the first. <laughs> like, they take her away. He's at first he's like, just, well, maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> And, and he, like, has it, like, I think he spends, like, one night by himself where he's just like, ah, oh, man, <laughs> starting Starting to think that maybe, maybe I got too wrapped up. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm wrong. And by the way, this guy is, like, in his yeah. 80s, which, like, I would give, I will say that maybe there are witches if you're living in Puritan times in your age. Like the average lifespan is like 19. <laughs> and I know that's mostly because people died when they right. were one and two. But still, 80 just seems like, Incredibly. 80's like Methuselah age in Puritan yeah. times. You're like Henry Clay. It's like, how are you still involved <laughs> in history at this point? And so eventually, uh, Giles is just like, you know what? This doesn't add up. Guys, my wife isn't a witch. And to that, they're like, oh, wow. They got to him. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how pissed his wife, who I'm assuming was also named Sarah, <laughs> was? They're all, it's Sarah's all the way down. <laughs> it took him an entire night. <laughs> like this was, this was his second wife, by sure. the way. Uh, this, was, this was Martha Corey. They had only been married for six years at this point. So remember, he got married again at 75. <laughs> this guy uh, rules. <laughs> this guy, this guy, baller. And you'll, we'll, we'll hear more of his cool, uh, his cool goings ons later. Uh, but yeah, his wife, Martha Corey, he's only been with her for six years. So yeah, maybe he did have a brief moment where he's like, I don't know, maybe she was We've only been together six. This is my second wife. Uh, the first one was not a witch. <laughs> the first one, yeah. My, one, my old wife Margaret, she was fine, but this one, I'm not as convinced. I, I'm I'm not sold on her, so maybe she's a witch. But eventually, he comes back around and says, like, "Guys, I'm having second thoughts," and they're like, "Get him!" <laughs> and so they're trying to make him confess, and he refuses. So the what their punishment is going to be is death by. 
which is they will put something flat on top of him, and then they will put rocks on top of it until he confesses because he's getting crushed to death. Like, they're just like, look, we'll take off the rocks, just say you're a witch, and they put on more. And this (laughs) son of a bitch, this 81-year-old badass son of a bitch looks them dead in the eyes and says, more weight. (laughs) It's so cool because I think we're all picturing enormous rocks, but what if they're just doing little little ones at a time? time? (laughs) Yeah, and they're like, okay, dude. (laughs) Yeah, we just started. (laughs) Oh, he's definitely 81. He's 81. This didn't need to be more than like 20 pounds. (laughs) You know why I know it has to be heavy rocks and this had to have looked cool? Because... They were they were in Puritan times. They were in the middle of the Salem witch trials. They're all just like, "Yeah, kill the witch," and then they're like, "What the? Fuck <laughs> Someone write that down. Someone write that down for forever." <laughs> That's we, cool. We have to. Have, they had to make note of the badass thing that he said, even though they were all like, "He's clearly a witch." Like they thought he was from hell, but they're like, "He said something so cool just then." They're like, "That's going on the post." <laughs> And, and Giles Corey was one of the, the first to basically say, you guys get this won't work, right? Because he's, look, if I plead guilty, you kill me because I'm a witch. If I plead not guilty, I go to trial and you kill me because I'm a witch. I'm just not going to do this because y'all are bitches. It's amazing that now this all makes sense to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when they were when they were getting other people, he's like, this all checks out. It always makes sense when it's someone else. And I mean. This was one of the first times in America where it was reaching those of high standing, which the Corys were. Before this, it started with people that were low in the church and outsiders. And then suddenly anyone in the church could be accused. The Corys being these people, they thought they were safe. They thought it was just going to kill the riffraff. Once they got included, this also was when everyone else started getting terrified because it was like, oh, okay, so this this can be us. Well, yeah, if you're killing octogarians yeah. <laughs> for being witches at that point. With like, rocks. Right. Yeah, like like intense badass like medieval deaths to like eighty year old. Have you met an eighty year old person today? They're very frail, and this guy's just like throwing out Bruce Willis one liners. <laughs> you know, isn't it weird that they only did the rock thing once? <laughs> yeah, why do they get so creative with Giles Corey? Like everyone they else, must they're have hanging. Hated that guy. Like, they're hanging other people, they're burning them at the stake, but with Giles Corey, like, you know one guy was just like, wait, 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 I read something in a book once, <laughs> oh, I don't want to try it. I've always, I really have an image of how this is going to go. <laughs> I really, I've always heard about pressing, I think it's supposed to be pretty cool, <laughs> let's give it a shot. <laughs> you know it was just one guy's birthday, and they were like, okay. <laughs> All right, you get to pick the form of torture, I guess. <laughs> Next week it's Gary's well, it's turn. Jedediah's day. <laughs> Oh, Jedediah always picks the weird ones. <laughs> so this is is running, again, for about a year. This court that's formed to run this runs until October 29th, until Judge uh, Seawall dismisses it. This, by the way, uh, Governor Phipps is the guy that came over and took charge and started to allow all of this to happen. The court is disbanded right after Governor Phipps' wife was accused of being a witch. <laughs> We've had our <laughs> guys, but... but people are still <laughs> suspicious. They're just told we're not doing this anymore. So now they suddenly have the superior court form, which is now trying the people that have been indicted back in September, but have not been tried yet. But the superior court is like, do you guys get how fucking dumb this is? <laughs> so they start letting everybody go. And in fact, they try someone who has falsely accused him of, of witchcraft. So everyone suddenly goes, oh, well, I can't get anything out of accusing someone and I might get in trouble for accusing someone. So I guess the witches are gone. (laughs) Damn, this is going to have consequences now. (laughs) Oh, this is just like a fun thing I was doing. I just love the fact that the second they were just like, it's the governor's wife. The governor was just like, and we're gone. (laughs) He was, he was idly just sitting by just enjoying the show. Like having a grand old time. (laughs) And then the second somebody like started going over to him, he was like a kid that was just like turned off the Nintendo. Took his controller like, and went this home. This game's done. <laughs> don't like this. Don't like this game anymore. A lot of these people, like in the beginning, it's obviously like some person who just wants to get out uh, to, to get somebody they hate. But when you've got a society that's built on the devil can make you do things and you don't know it. A lot of people, when they're accused of being a witch, they go like, oh, maybe I am a witch. <laughs> no, nobody really knows how to respond to this, which is what leads to the mass hysteria. It's not just anybody else. I could be a witch and not know it. And it just 
overrun Salem in just this massive wave of stupidity. <laughs> all, all because of a few kids. Yeah. All because of a few kids that were just like, yeah, it was those guys. Yeah, yeah we don't like them. <laughs> like, they were just being weird. Kids are weird. Have you ever watched children? Uh, especially <laughs> preteen girls. Oh, God, yeah. As a recovering preteen girl myself. <laughs> Those those girls are like every preteen girl is insane, and they and you know what? Honestly, all preteen girls have a witch phase. I think absolutely. Like, so like it checks what out. What they're accused of, of doing to these these girls that make them things that they're cursed is they said basically they're spastic beyond the forms of epilepsy. They're crawling under tables. Was the accusation? You mean you mean being a kid? They're being a kid is what they're doing here. And then yeah, people freaking out, and they're like, okay, so witches, I guess. <laughs> And then it all just shuts down, and that's the end of the witch purge of apparently forever, forever. until always. <laughs> <laughs> they they tried again. There was a second Salem trial in the late 1800s, but this is by Christian scientists. <laughs> Basically, real quick. Oxymoron, yeah. but okay. <laughs> this is a Christian science group. This guy, he becomes a Christian scientist. He's studying with this this one woman. He's a huge fan. He helps her publish a book. She wants to publish another one. He says, I think there are some issues with this one because at this point she has become obsessed with the form of hypnosis that's like animal magnetism. And yeah, she's so into this. Women are awesome. She's she's awesome. (laughs) Someone should tell her about the LSD on the broomstick. Wait, wait for it because it gets worse. (laughs) So she, he says, I I think there's some issues. We should work on this. They have a falling out and suddenly another woman accuses him of injuring her by using these animal magnetism techniques. There's a witness that says it was, in fact, the lawyer from this first woman who helped him draw this up. So this goes to court and the court says, what What do you want us to do? If this is psychic ability and we put him in jail, he's still psychic. <laughs> he'll send the animals from the jail cell and he'll be mad at us now. It'll just get worse. So this was the last attempt at a witch trial in America, or at least this was when it happened in Salem again. And and this was it. They, they threw it out. The witnesses said this was one of the most absurd things they'd ever seen in the courtroom. These people were living in Salem. And that's saying something. It was. They're living in Salem and they're like, maybe we can let it happen again. But it could not. It it was done. People were still, you know, obviously idiots, but in different ways now. So that was it. There was a... This is like when they tried to do Woodstock again in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's like, it's kind of sad now. (laughs) Yeah, like, guys, it's it's done. It was was a fun thing at the time. We had our... (laughs) We had our moment in the sun. All right, so yes, that that was it. That was the second Salem witch trial when, when wrapped it up nicely with the first one. I just remembered this happened. <laughs> it was like, no, this was wow. too stupid not to mention. Also, the gall for it to have been in Salem. In Salem. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that was that was it. That was uh, the history of witchcraft. What we loved was witches, magic, witches being badass and and finding out they can get high from brooms and as dildos. That was impressive shit. <laughs> That is, that's magic. That is magic to me. That is the pinnacle of magic. I think we all learned that magic is real. (laughs) And what we hated was the witch purges that lasted about 300 years and then some. But as always, we have to defend this. And for once, I don't have to do it. When? What is in their defense for witch purges? I'm so glad you asked, Andrew. And I'm so glad I didn't fully prepare So glad you finally get a mic. When is talking about this all the time? (laughs) When is always talking about the good reason why all those women died in Salem? Look, what we have to remember is from this, we have now have a shorthand for when people are acting fucking insane and accusing each other of shit. Yeah. Before that, you have to really have a lot of words. The economy of words <laughs> for a witch hunt would have been much longer if we didn't actually hunt all of these innocent women and kill them. <laughs> uh, we would not have this precise phrase that then we could use for things like McCarthyism. <laughs> McCarthyism actually shortened witch hunt by a good deal, so I'm kind of undercutting my own argument. <laughs> but McCarthyism comes around, and then we get a good book out of it. We get or a good play, The Crucible. The Crucible takes uh, the Salem Witch Trials and puts it onto the McCarthyism of the 50s, the whole communist scare. And we had a big communist scare. And then, so that rolls around, and 
now we have QAnon. So now people are all satanic pedophiles and everything, and we're accusing the celebrities, <laughs> and we're accusing the politicians. You're all satanic pedophiles. But what is that if not a pathetic retreat of the Salem Witch Trials, the original? They even tried to reboot the Salem <laughs> Witch Trials, as we stated earlier. They couldn't do it. Guys, this was a cultural phenomenon, and now it brings thousands of dollars of tourism to this small <laughs> Massachusetts town every single year. People are employed. People have jobs. People have full careers and bad wax museums <laughs> dedicated to this event. Was it horrible? Yes. Should it have never have happened? Of course. However, and we missed this in the episode, and I'm going to get back to it, one of the things they used to determine if somebody was a witch was that they told them to pee into batter, made it into a cake, had a dog eat the cake, and then if the woman said, ow, she was a witch. And that is also witchcraft. Why are you doing this? You're doing other witch things. If you said that's the test, I say that person's a witch because that's dog magic. Dog magic should get you murdered. So... The defense of Salem Witch Trials, we get a cool phrase out of it that helps to define McCarthyism and QAnon centuries later. We have an entire industry that propped up in Salem and that employs people every year. It brings thousands of dollars of tourism to an otherwise maritime and, and no reason to be there town. Maritime, though. <laughs> we get to talk more about dog science. And for that, I am defending the Salem. <laughs> I'm convinced. I, I, this, by the way, we have now mentioned dog magic in over 25% of our episodes. <laughs> dog magic to me is one of the funniest <laughs> things that pops up in history. It is because it keeps <laughs> happening. All right. Honestly, I was a bit, you got to the cruise world. I was like, I mean, I know his theater background. I'm not surprised. <laughs> this is what's coming in. I think you sold me at dog magic. Dog magic got me. <laughs> I think, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I was inspired halfway through by, by Paula's story about tourism, where I'm like, you know what? That's a lot of livelihoods. That's a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> I use my witch powers. <laughs> so ultimately, 100,000 people being killed, probably not great. Uh, on the bright side, you know, dog magic and tourism. And uh, well, that's up to you, listeners. Is that an even trade-off? <laughs> Guys, dog magic and tourism is probably going to be the dog name magic of this and tourism. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's got to do it for us. I mean, I can't top that. How about you guys? I, I got nothing. I, I, I just completely ran out of everything in my bag. That was a hundred years <laughs> of all on that. Bag of spells. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Paula Skaggs, for being here. Uh, we would love to have you back. Just like every episode, if you can do that, that would be fantastic. This was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was all our pleasure. Her podcast is Being Earnest. You can follow her at Paula East Link Cuisines and Paula... Uh, dash eats.com check it out Paula is one of the funniest people I know thank you so much for being uh, here thank you for having me this was such a great time I am so glad uh, and guys if you enjoyed this please uh, give it five stars subscribe it helps out so much we are going to be back next week when what do we have next week next week we are going to talk about Freddy Krueger and the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise we have Chris Calagero joining us for that who is so funny it's going to be so much fun so guys yeah please tune in next week uh, and we'll see you then see you next week when bye bye <laughs>